SAFM 104-107 to Nationwide Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM Leading the Conversation 12 minutes after 1 o'clock. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is Life Happens. Today we celebrate 83rd birthday of Mamuwi Nimo Nomzamo Matikisela Mandela. She would have turned 30, 83 today. And as we celebrate her life, we welcome your calls or your reflections on her life. 0891-104-207. We kicked off the show with a beautiful song, Satima B. Benjamin, and uh, the name of the song, uh, Beloved Heroine. We will take your calls and reflections on this. And I have a, a gorgeous piece that she recorded with the SABC and uh, it was done by Sophie Mukwena and Matlase 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 and um, they were sitting at home with her and this was in December 2014. Take a listen. Well, I would be extremely naive if I suggested to you that uh, South Africa of today um, is exactly what we dreamt of when we gave up our lives uh, for the um, liberation of our people. Uh, it is no secret uh, about the fact that we have problems. Uh, they, they are visible. Uh, we have extreme challenges uh, which we didn't have at the beginning. You cannot compare the first dispensation with what is happening uh, today. Originally, yes, we, it looked like we were going to achieve our beautiful dream. Yes, we were a miracle from the uh, violence of the past. That particular part of the transition to a new democratic South Africa was wonderful. We achieved that. But uh, in the process of doing so, um, there was naivety on our part. We were not experienced. We didn't know that uh, a political freedom was very easy, um, but political freedom without economic freedom is uh, what has resulted in the challenges we face today. We did not accommodate that particular problem sufficiently because of our vicious past. Uh, we come from a very brutal period of our history. A, a history of a country that was segregated constitutionally and it was in black and white. Society was divided into four categories and of course I wouldn't bore you with what you know. And to transit from that era to, to where we are today has been a very painful journey. We made tremendous uh, strides, we made great achievements but at the same time, uh, the difficulties we were confronted with, particularly in relation to the youth. Um, <clears throat> as I've said before to Sophie, that uh, unemployed youth in any country is a ticking time bomb. And I think uh, the fact that uh, we, we have the parliament we have today is a consequence. Of, of the problems I am talking about. It was easy to hoist the flag of freedom and say we were free at last. But then uh, the economy still remained in the hands of the few. 
That is the voice of Mamuini Matigizela Mandela. And isn't that interesting? So that was taken in 2014. That interview was conducted in 2014. It was done by Sofumukwena Matlase Matlase. And uh, it's interesting how in 2014, and this is refreshing, that there is somebody who's willing to admit to the naivety of the negotiation. That for me is quite refreshing. Just someone saying, you know, we got a lot right, but there are some things we didn't get right. And uh, this is something we need to discuss. And this is something that we need to be reflecting on. And it's also interesting that here we are, 2019, and some of the issues that she raises, unemployment, young people's unemployment being a factor here has not actually improved. So that's something that all of us need to reflect on. I will take your calls and your reflections on her life, her legacy, and so on. And maybe, uh, you know, your comments on that clip that we just heard. 0891-104-207. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Call Pimelo Mutine now. We're celebrating 83rd birthday of Mamuini Madigizela Mandela. She would have been 83 today and paying tribute are many of you. And I will take those calls on 0891-104-207. I'm going to be joined on the line in a second by Ndumzkona Valela, who is a PhD history student at WITS. And she really does a lot of research and reflecting on the legacy of Winnie Mandela. She joins me now on the line, Ndumzkona. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. How are you this afternoon? Thank you for having me, Pamela. I'm great, thank you. And how are you? We well, as we reflect on what would have been 83rd birthday of Mamwini Mandela, uh, your reflections on that? Um, wow, where does one even begin um, to reflect on such a vast life and a very vast contribution? But I think perhaps um, we could start at the end mm. and start at, you know, at... at before we get to deal with celebrating her and everything, I think we need to quickly address the, the, the level of you know, sexism that we see when it comes to her legacy. Because in days like this where, and it's something that I've seen on Twitter already in the morning where you know, uh, scores of people are just you know, coming out to just celebrate her, there's always that, that mention of certain you know, um, incidents that took place in the 1980s that she was implicated in um, or alleged to have been implicated in, particularly the violence and also the issue, the issue um, or stance rather of necklacing. Um, and so I think we need to think about how we don't afford uh, women, black women in particular, the complexity and nuances that we do men. And I'm going to give an example of uh, a former president, Robert Mugabe, who, when he passed away, there was a lot of complexity and nuance afforded to him and when it comes to his legacy. And yet when Winnie passed away, there was just, you know, it, it took feminists and other people who supported her throughout her activism to actually come in and correct the ways in which she was reported. So I think it's important that when we have these conversations, um, we need to address the kinds of, you know, uh, misogynistic ways in which we talk about Winnie so that we can move on to celebrate her and and to also and and and, and celebrate her in all her nuance and in all her complexity as a heroic figure of the liberation movement 
I mean, it's interesting that you reflect uh, you reflect on it in that way, because I would say, for instance, you know, much as one would look at the media and how the media had reported on her when she passed on, the ownership of that narrative shifted from media to the people on the ground. And I think for me, that speaks for itself. So her legacy, even in her death, rose from where she was and spoke for itself, needing not the media, not anybody who was paid to paint its own story and its own narrative in its own way. I fully agree with you there, Pamela. Um, but for people like us who mm. are interested in, in writing about her, I think one of the most frustrating things you encounter mm. is an archive just littered with all kinds of... Um, it's problematic and very, and very extremely unapologetic, misogynistic and racist um, tones to the writing. Mm-hmm. So you find yourself having to mine through uh, a lot of that um, in, 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 um, in the public archive. You know? mm-hmm. So as I said, it took that kind of, um, that kind of correcting from the people mm-hmm. you know, to sort of uh, push and put pressure on the media to actually think more seriously about how it writes about certain political figures, especially women like Mawini, because we're looking at correcting the archive. I want to see a future where a young black woman historian in 20, 30, 50, 100 years' time can be able to look at a, an archive that is far more balanced than what we look at as students, as historians, as writers, as filmmakers, and so on. So, Valela, I, I mean, I have a challenge that I think um, we need to take up, all of us. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we don't do this enough And in educating ourselves about how then do we become part of that discourse? How then do we add mm-hmm. our voices to that narrative, the public narrative that you speak of. So can we start by doing that in, in the sense that all of us who want the narrative to be shifted in the public discourse add our voices, for instance, in Wikipedia. That is something that you and I and everybody can do. Nobody, uh, you know, there is no Wikipedia that owns the rights to her story. You as a public are able to fit in and add your little comments and, and update the, 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 the narrative and so on. Why aren't we doing that? I think it's because there is, you know, someone like Mamuni is so visible. Mm. And when we think of, you know, the women who contributed to uh, to freedom, uh, we, the first person you would mention is Mamuni Matigizela Mandela. Uh, that's how popular she was. That's how um, visible she was. Mm. The problem is, regardless of that visibility, mm. she is not really written about that much. And I think it's because mm. we also, I think maybe there's this level of imposter syndrome that, that a lot of us have in the sense that do we feel like we deserve to own these histories? Mm. Do we feel like we deserve to participate in archiving these histories? And I think there's a lot of that we need to undo. Mm. And also we need to talk about, we need to have these conversations outside of moments like this. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be because it is her birthday that we, ha- we are having this conversation because we don't have, I mean, I mean, there's so many things that you as a broadcaster have to deal with within your slot. Um, 15 minutes or however many minutes we have to, to have this conversation mm-hmm. really isn't enough to deal with 60 years of activism, 60 years of 
just constantly laying your body on the line, risking your life pretty much to keep the Mandela name and the ANC name alive, to keep the embers of revolution alive. So so we need to start expanding. I think, you know, I guess, yeah, the most visible of us, people like yourself who, you know, have a platform to initiate these conversations need to sort of think, you know, think outside of certain points that or points of history or dates in history associated with Mawini. We need to have an everyday conversation about about these people. We need to, I mean, someone like Mawini always, um, always talked about herself in relation to a lot of other people. So when we talk about Mawini, we need to also talk about people like Miriam Sotinda. We need to also talk about people like Francis Bard. We need to expand the archive, open up the archive. And that means having consistent and constant conversations about the ways that women have contributed to to this freedom that we enjoy. I mean, we've still got a long way. 25 years, you know, hasn't brought about that much. But these women made this contribution. The women made, you know, got the ball rolling. We need to have these conversations consistently so that we encourage people to take ownership of their stories, that we encourage people to gain knowledge and be confident in articulating the history and archiving the history in platforms like Wikipedia, as you have mentioned. Let's take those calls. As I said, we will take your calls 891 Sipo, you're calling from Orange Farm. Hi. Hello. Hello, Sipo. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, well, it is a bit difficult for for <coughs> for me to say. Sipo, do you have your radio on? Please switch it off. Yeah. Please switch oh, okay, it off. Okay, let me switch it off. <coughs> All right, well, we give him a moment there. I think um, I'm worried about the... Um, yes, Sipo, go ahead. Yeah, you see, uh, on the occasion of, uh, you know, federal service, I, I wrote a poem. And of course, I, I just kept it because I thought, because uh, I just felt that maybe nobody will ever hear anything about her because there isn't a lot of enthusiasm about extolling some of the wonderful things that she did. Mm-hmm. All that I have and will always have is the poem that I wrote, which is I wrote, I wrote in cover, and uh, <laughs> I read it from time to time because I never stop thinking about it. Oh, Sipo, I don't know what's happened there. Um, Sipo, I'm so sorry that we lost you, and I think we're going to try and get you back. Um, we will take those calls on 0891-0891-104-207, and, uh, and uh, we'll see how. You know, um, do you think, Ndomskona, that, that there is lack of interest? I do think so, but I don't think it is intentional. We have to uh, have that conversation about how you know, she, over the past 25 years, um, until only just recently, she had been marginalized from, you know, the, the democratic era. You know, the, the, the scandal that followed her, the, you know, Stompy's death um, that marked, that sort of that tainted her legacy and, her, and, and maybe her being blind to, um, to, to to the problems of having the, the, the football club that had already been infiltrated by spies, you know, and that stuff tainted her reputation. Um, and, and also, we, we tend to punish strong women. We tend, to, uh, we tend to try and, as best as we can, to marginalize women that, that, that's, that, that's, that, 
that tend to stand out and come and emerge in, 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 in I guess, in political theater as strong and individual women. She was a complete individual. She was not just a potential first lady. She was not just a wife. Um, she had, you know, she always uh, referred to herself as the most unmarried married woman. We need to think about the implications of such things and how they, they shape and fashion a, a woman who is a complete individual. Um, and such people are often seen as difficult women and difficult women who need to be shut up. And so when we think about the post-1994 era, we need to think about the ways that Mawini was shut up, the ways that people tried to sort of keep her, you know, marginalized, sort of render her in some space um, of obscurity. And that happened, you know, until recently where people are starting to think differently. And I think also when the euphoria of democracy died down, and we saw that the realities weren't actually, the realities weren't aligned to the era of freedom. We start to then look back to certain radical individuals, Mawini being one of them. I mean, we've, we've seen the resuscitation of history on Robert Sobukwe. We've seen the resuscitation of history on Steve Vigo and the Black Consciousness Movement. And we've seen the history, you know, this, this resuscitated history of Mawini's contribution that had been marginalized because we were all this, we were all under one sort of, you know, proverbial rainbow or whatever. Um, so I think when all of these things die down, when this euphoria dies down and we are confronted with our realities, we start to evoke certain individuals, and Mawini was a part of that. And I think we're only now just grappling with the history, grappling with her speeches, grappling with her writing. Um, yeah, so, 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 back, so, so, so it wasn't an intentional thing. I think we, we, we've just been blinded by certain things or distracted by certain things that made us believe that all we needed was to get rid of the aesthetic things of apartheid instead of dealing with the structural problems, mm, the structural gone. problems that lead to Marikana, the structural problems that lead to seasonal fall and so on. Ms. Valele, and uh, thank you. She's a PhD student at WITS who researched uh, the legacy of Winnie Madigizela Mandela as we celebrate her 83rd birthday here, right here on SAFM. We've just gone 1.30 now. Let's get the very latest in headlines with Utsilesa.